It's a brand new season for the Gooners podcast. And what better way to start out than with a picture of a bunch of Jews? It's the Gooners podcast. <laughs> Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Welcome to season seven. I think this is the first time we've actually start. We we now have less people than we're watching when the intro started. People actually tuned <laughs> what out. What the when... fuck was that? <laughs> that. Do you know what I did last season? If you remember, I made an intro video that was so intentionally bad that it spurred you into action. Finally, you got off your ass. You left the mountains, you, you put the ice down, and you actually made a good video that was so what what I'm what I'm here to say is that was my entry into the Gooners Podcast intro video contest. Now I'm waiting for the other four of you to come up with yours so we can put it up for a vote. Can can we just like okay. The voiceover, well done. <laughs> We've already lost. He's so disgusted he just left. Um Understand, like it was so okay. Did you do it on purpose where you took images from the internet that with the worst quality ever and then had watermarks on them? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> like some of the images still had like, hey, you have to pay for this. And Mike's like, yeah, fuck that. Well, I did, I thought I got rid of all those, but you know, like, like the what the worst that they could do is demonetize us and we demonetize ourselves with the quality of our content so it's well if they want to demonetize us then they hate can they 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 uh -huh. actively root for cancer yeah, exactly they do um, so so um so andy I, I have to i have to ask you a question and then we'll go around the horn because you know our five our, inches but thick yeah well besides that oh, um summertime what did I tell you when you approached me in August of 2016 with this fakakta idea about doing an arsenal podcast do you remember what I said? You said it's not Thursday, but I'll do it. No. Do you, any other guesses? <laughs> uh, no, I, I honestly don't remember. Uh, what did you say? I said, what the kind of a fucking idea is that? No one's going to watch us. Why would they? There's way too many Arsenal podcasts already. I mean, it's 2016, for God's sake. And we live in America. And, and six years and 330 shows later, I can finally say I was right. Uh, we we we've reached this point. We've talked to nobody, and um, and, and here we are. But season seven, uh, Owen, did you ever think that you'd make it seven seasons? <laughs> and well, I myself 
wasn't too sure, but I knew that you would bumble your way to it eventually, if I was being honest, because we all know that this is your pastime to hide your your um, alcohol addiction from your wife and drink in your, in your study every evening alone. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great answer. Um, Thank you. Mikey, one, one of the biggest make, mistakes that we made, Andy, was bringing Mikey into oh, the shit. podcast world. Not because he's not good or, 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 or you know, a, a contributing part of the podcast, but because it took our listener count down by one. Well, I thought that when he was joining, it was like a one-off Make-A-Wish Foundation type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's the fucker staying around. It was, and he, he, he apparently thinks it's keep making a wish over and over again, but <laughs> Mikey, welcome back for uh, for our season seven. It's very exciting to see you. You thank look all shorn. Thank you. I don't know what that means, but thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, finally got a haircut. It was long overdue. I think I went like a f- seven months without no haircut. So seven. got a little crazy. Yeah, seven freaking months. The magic season word seven. today is seven. Yeah, Se- yeah. Ring Can I just address one thing seven. as well? Sorry. See you before. Uh-oh. Uh, look, I'm I'm all for getting some heat and some some focus, but Mike, th- that intro was disproportionately directed towards the two of us, I think. In in the pictures, it's... well, because we're the only people that have like in the last year or two have spent time together and have pictures with each other. I think so. I'm at Jared. <laughs> well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, there's there's no photographs of you as a young child. Well, I also love the fact that like hers has no pictures anywhere online. So he uses like funny Mexican babies, but there's actually a picture of me, Mike, and hers in the same spot at a pub <laughs> having drinks. Yeah, so, but like, I could, why I, not use that one? Not that I really wanted to, but I couldn't get um um the fourth person that was in that picture out of it without it being weird. So um either in. She's well, like our first listener. She doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> She's moved on to other men, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so um, seven seasons. I mean, not to dwell on that too much, but do you know how many, you, you know what shows did not make it to their seventh season? Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Worse show than ours. Six Feet Under, only five seasons. Boardwalk Empire, only five seasons. Oz only six seasons, so I mean we're 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 pulling something. We're in good company. We're 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 not even in good company. We have moved above these shows, and uh, and into the realm of uh, you know part of the daily routine. So uh, instead of just talking about how how uh, how many shows that we've done, let's uh, let's go over a couple of things. First of all, Andy, you are about to experience a world championship for one of your Cronky teams. First, your, your your Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Then your Denver Nuggets almost won the NBA title. Um, the Mammoth are just on a roll, but the Colorado Avalanche, if you are an Arsenal supporter and you don't live in the States and you haven't heard of the Colorado Avalanche yet, get ready. It's gonna be it's gonna be the next big Twitter annoying topic. But uh, how's that going? It is so amazing that they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I know there's a group of Gooners out there, like Ryan Cost, uh, who, are, who are big Avalanche fans. And so it, it's it's pretty phenomenal. And and I will say that, like, you know, I think I shared in our little, like, group of, of hockey fans that 
the Cronkies essentially didn't really show up until about two games ago. So, uh, yeah, real shocker. Uh, so like, you know, Joe Sackick, who's our general manager. And for those who don't know, he'd be like the equivalent of Thierry Henry to the avalanche. He kind of runs the operations. He's a fucking wizard. I mean, he's put together a team that went from essentially last place to contenders the last couple of seasons. And they're young, really fun to watch. I think Mike, you've been like excited to see them play, but it, you know, it's, it's so strange that like you have this young thoroughbred team of just rock stars. I mean, literally like, I think the, we're, we're playing the Tampa Bay lightning and their captain said after they just won the game to play the avalanche, like they are the perfect team, right? Like every other team wants to be what they are. And that was done by a general manager. It wasn't done by anything the fucking Cronkies have to do with it. Um, well, and they that's don't kind even of my point, up. though. That's kind of my point. Yeah. I mean, just like with the, with the Rams, where everyone thinks that, you know, oh, the Cronkies invested with all those big free agents. And the, it, they, they, they didn't do anything. They that These are leagues with, with essentially revenue and expense caps where you where everything's almost already figured out. You just have to put the, the puzzle pieces in the right way. Um but they found the right person to run the show. And that's something that they clearly haven't done with our beloved Arsenal. No. And, and you know, what's crazy. So when we, when we met with Josh years ago and then after, you know, everything shut off, like he came over and he was obviously talking to me and like, he was conversing with me about a contract negotiation. They were in with uh, Panarin or Panarin who plays for the Rangers. So he chose the Rangers over the abs. So he was involved in that because we did have a quick conversation around, that contract and kind of the negotiations and where they were at. And so I guess they do have some involvement, but it just is strange to me that you own a team, you live within an hour and a half flight and you don't even show up for, I mean, they came to one of the Western conference finals. It's just like insane. But anyway, super, super cool. Someone put in the chat that Tampa Bay are taking it easy. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be that easy for them. It's going to be a fun fun finals but uh tampa bay is about to become my local club in the next couple of years and and their 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 good phase is uh is, all, is probably gonna be over by then but so mikey how's your hockey team doing uh let's talk about arsenal a little bit would, would anyone like to that's do that? better yeah okay. that'll work as dublin dublin gooder says in the chat is that the slighty fighty sports we're talking about right now Oh, it's it's the second best sport in the world. It, um, it, it, it truly I, is. No, ice soccer. Ice soccer is brilliant. Yeah, great ice soccer. Uh, no, oh, and I, I will tell you this: like I've had the honor of like going to Highbury and seeing a lot of fun sports, and I will say like rugby live is is a close second, but like playoff hockey, like the atmosphere, it's fucking insane. There, I I don't think there's anything like it. Like the closest thing I can say to it is being in an away end, right? That Mike, you've been there. I mean, that's got to be the I, for me. That's the closest thing to it is being in the away end in the Premier League. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely the best thing that I have regularly available to me uh, in in this country. Much better than what they call soccer here. Um, so we finished fifth. I mean, the season ended. I think the last time we podcasted, we were we were in sixth, and then we were in fourth, and then we won the league, and then we fell out of the top four. Um, so the, the question that everyone's been asking is, is that a success? Is it a failure? Does it have to be one of those two things? But for some context, when we did the 24-hour podcast before the season, um, we asked as many people as we could that came on. I forgot for a few, but we asked them to give, a, give us their top four, their bottom three, and where they thought Arsenal would, would finish. 
And I went back and looked at it today. And out of 22 people who gave us predictions, one, JJ from Arizona was gave you know, he said that we would win the league and that Tottenham would get relegated. But I, you know, let, let's let's take that out for you know that's the outline. So close, so close. No one said second or third. One person, Mike McDonald, said fourth place. Two people said fifth, Jimmy Housen and my son Jake. Ten people said sixth, two people said seventh. Three people said eighth. One person said nine, and uh, and two people, John Smythe and and uh, uh, Mikey. Who do you think the other person was that said that would finish tenth? <laughs> so <laughs> it was so. Um, fit with, said that we would finish tenth. Standard, so, standard, standard. We're we're mostly between sixth and tenth, and we no hope. Now, I've heard the 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 comments made all over the place that, yeah, but I didn't realize all the other teams were going to be such shit. You can't say that over the course of a Premier League season because if teams are shit, they're shit because other teams are less shit than you would than, than they were supposed to be, therefore also making them harder to beat for us and making it more allowable to, to, to lose some games. So it's a, it's a zero-sum game for the most part over the course of the season with the exception of, you know, oh, every time uh, – Manchester United played a big team. They were losing their, you know, their their top eight players or something, and they weren't. They were just shit. So, success, failure, or somewhere in between, Andy. I mean, it, I think it depends on like the. There's a couple of. It's hard, right? Because I think the success is where they probably said to Arteta, six through eighth is your goal," and he got there. The disappointment comes from we were so close. And clearly the January transfer window bit us in the ass because we didn't have that striker to put us over the edge. So I'm kind of like on the fence. Like in one hand, we're competing with Champions League, which is what we want. And we marginally lose out on it. But then I look back and I'm like, okay, well, there's so many things that could have went one way or the other. But like, I think a lot of people don't look at the league table. They look at the management, right? And I look at Arteta and I think, okay, he brought in the right signings, like really improved the squad. It made me laugh that all these people were so upset today that our first signing was this young Brazilian. It did but, that happen two years ago as well? <laughs> well, right. But like, again, yeah, that Can happened you know? with Martinelli. But like, we're all the fucking football hipsters that kept telling us back in uh, July of last year that Tommy Asu should be our right back. No one fucking said that. Then this young Japanese kid comes in and wows the world. And, you know, we were all thinking like, who the fuck is this? He's going to be a backup. And he came in and he's like a staple in our team. So we'll judge, we'll judge like the transfer window in, in September. But ultimately, going back to your question, like I'm on the fence because Arteta's done well with what he's got. He's clearing out the dead weight. We've cleared the wage bill. The players he brought in have been actually really, really good. Um, and we were just a striker away. So I'm, I'm like, eh. some days I'm pissed that we didn't get Champions League, and then others I'm like, it is what it is. But let's be real. Like, if we got Champions League football, we'd just be in Paris. We? Well, like, yeah, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be in it. I don't buy that. No, so, no, well, that, that, that too. But, like, I'm just all over the place with it. Part of, me, part of me feels like it's too early in the team-building process to be in Champions League. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want – the perspective is obviously I would rather be in Champions League than not because I know that people are like, why are we going to be there if we're just going to get smashed? But if you're looking at like our bench and anything out of like 12 or 13 players that Arteta trust, we lack quality in depth, let alone depth, but quality in depth. So 
I, I think that, and, and my perspective is, we're not going to be able to f completely hit every single checkpoint on our list that we need to, to completely have a full squad of like really good backups. So, nor do I think it was going to happen with Champions League. I just feel like it's a task of literally buying like eight or nine players. And I just, even with Champions League, I don't think that was going to happen anyway. So we're going to always be in a situation for this summer where like Cedric is going to still be here. And I know that drives a lot of people crazy. And, you know, maybe Shaka's might be here and that's going to drive a lot of people crazy. But ultimately, I think we're still headed in a good direction. And in my opinion, as crazy as that sounds, and I think after this summer, potentially we're going to be in a place where not we, we won't have five or six players that are running out of contract, five or six players that everybody knows has attitude problems or don't want to be at the club. Like, you know, like Mainsley, we have that issue with him that Roma doesn't want him. So people know we people know he doesn't want to be here. People know Torreira doesn't want to be here. So Ultimately, I think next summer we're going to be in, in a little bit of a better position as far as like sellable assets. And we're going to be one step closer as a whole of not going into a summer where we need five or six players. Because that's where I feel like we're at right now, right, Mike? We're, we need five, six players in order to get up to par with our depth because ultimately, one literally one less injury could have made the difference for us in Champions League. Yeah. And when we're getting... Well, sorry, when we're that much closer, then we could afford to do the one or two signing like the gentleman, like Nunez that just arrived at Liverpool. Gentleman. Um, yeah, gentlemen. But it's just we're so far from having that quality and depth that we can't only spend let's I'm I'm just gonna throw out a figure. Like we can't just spend 120 million on two players. We have to figure out how to spend 120 million on five players. And so or, Long ways, or had yeah. we made the Champions League, we would have had 180 to spend instead of 120. And that's this is why sure. I'm going to politely tell you that everything you just said was bullshit. Uh, no, I'm not. Not everything, but you, you first, and my friend Chris in the chat, he says, "Cut out the toxic positivity, Mike." No. Can I just I mean, say I, to Mike's point I, uh, before Magic jumps in? It like, kills you to I call look, me that, by the way. <laughs> I look at like you know, I look at like a Cedric. People are angry with Cedric. Jaka, Al Nini, and and I think you know if we bring in Tillman's like that, that kind of the Jaka then bumps down. But I look at the Thursday night football, and I'm like, well, why not utilize those players on Thursday night? Like Cedric, on his day, Al Nini on his day, they're good players. They're squad players. They don't get paid a ton. They're 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 passionate about the club. They'll rotate in. Um, why not utilize them on those nights? Because you know. In 16 other teams in the Premier League, they are likely starting 11. So throw them into the depths against the Thursday night opponents. And then once we get into the knockouts, that's when you start rotating. So we, we do have the depth. And I agree with what you're saying, Hers. We need more of it. But I, I, I wouldn't sell those players. Like we're in a transition where they're a little bit older, but they're wiser and they're going to help our young guns go through. And they, they can play those nights that we don't want to risk Tomiyasu. We don't, you know certain individuals so I, that's what that's just what i would say there so let me try to steer the steer the topic back onto where we started which is which is how you know how you judge our our, our finish this season um but with the added part of saying we're not ready for champions league I, I i just i don't think it's ever a good thing to not make champions league versus making champions league 
even if I, I, I would agree with you that, you know, we're probably not as well equipped to compete and get far in the Champions League next season, I don't think that it's that, that there's ever a situation where I would – I'd rather be the worst Champions League team than the best Europa League team. And the money you get for that and the, and the attraction for other players coming to your club because they want Champions League football is the reason why it's different. Um, you know, the worst Champions League team will, uh, with a high coefficient, I mean, the worst team from, from Cyprus won't get the, the most money, but, a, but a, a team that, that flames out of the Champions League from England will still get more money than had they made maybe the semifinals or the finals of the Europa League. And they'll have the chance to have had six and soon 10 at a very minimum Champions League games to, to put their players on, on profile. So, um, so that's what I disagree with about that. But Getting back to how we did this season, I mean, look, everyone predicted us, and, and I've just given a sampling of eight, you know, 18 out of 21 people said we'd finish sixth or lower, and we finished fifth. However, we had a very good opportunity and a lot of missed opportunities towards the end of the season and slid out of uh, what, what should have been a guaranteed fourth-place spot. Is it okay, Owen, to be – happy with and look at the season as either a success or uh, or uh you know a just about right outcome while still being bitterly disappointed at how it ended without looking at the whole thing as a failure or is it just you know i i open my eyes on the last day of the season and look at the table and that's how i judge the season no well that's the beauty of football it's it's all about the roller coaster ride and you can't really turn around and say that uh because i predicted sixth at the start of the season and we finished there that I'm completely happy with that because we all know the landscape changes throughout the season, expecta- expectations change. Um, and although people don't like to admit it as well, the, there's other con- contributing factors like how well other teams are doing. And I don't buy the, uh, like you, I don't subscribe to the fact that um, we were only in this position because other teams were dreadful. I, I don't subscribe to that whatsoever. But what I will say is that... <clears throat> when you have such a inexperienced and, and youthful management structure at a club, you know, like Vinay is very inexperienced and, and quite young to be holding the role that he is. Uh, Edu is quite young and inexperienced to be holding the role. And Mikel Arteta is exactly the same. And whereas there's, there's certain decisions that are made and, and um, avenues that the management structure have chosen to go down that I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. One thing I do have sympathy for is that an experience? And and all I want to say is that it's fine to make a mistake, but when you start repeating them and pattern and patterns start um, to appear and trends start to appear, that's when I have uh, start to take issue with stuff. So, say for example, a lot of people will sit, turn around and look at maybe the Brighton game or, or Southampton or Crystal Palace or, or Newcastle, um, look at these games and say that they were pivotal to sort of sparring on our top four hopes out of control, but take it back further than that you know one of the one of the things that i think we didn't do well and and that we need to learn from very very quickly is those first three games you know you look at the back line that played um against brantford at the start of the season was you know i think it was callum chambers and rob holding and in in center back with uh with cedric at right back uh and that's all down to not being decisive enough in the transfer market not being aggressive enough and, and and not acting before the season starts. You know, I, I I've never um subscribed to the whole thing of that 
you, you should be looking to pursue your business right down to deadline day. I think the, the start of pre-season is when you want to have all your dealings done. So for me, that was one of the main reasons that our season derailed. The other thing was as well was obviously Andy touched on, which was the the gamble in the January transfer window that they didn't um, they didn't pursue a striker. You know, nobody could have foreseen the the drop off or the change of attitude in Pierre Emerick Aubameyang at the beginning of the season. I don't think anybody could have foreseen that. But the fact that we didn't act on it was detrimental again to our push for top four. And um, so I think that. Look, I have, as, as I mentioned at the start of this, I have no problem with people taking gambles or people being decisive and, and sort of standing on decisions that they've made and them going wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's learning from it. And for me, I'm not one of these people yet that are freaking out about inactivity in the transfer window. You know, you just mentioned there, Marquinhos, the first signing coming in, is very reminiscent of the Gabriel Martinelli one. I remember the exact same reaction that I'm seeing from people now was the exact same that I've seen from... Uh, th- those people back then but what I will say is that I think is it the 6th of July that the the, the American tour starts the, I think there's absolutely no reason to have 90% of your first team players to be brought in by that stage so that this doesn't happen again at the start of the next season because we've seen from signings like Aaron Ramsdale and Ben White and Tommy Asu just how big of a difference they can make in the side you know they don't have to be big shiny fashionable signings but just uh upgrades to a certain extent is the important thing is unlike just about any other summer there is i mean other than the stupid nations league bullshit there's not any real significant summer tournament that if you you know if you're signing a player from another country who's playing in that tournament well well, then you gotta wait a month no but i will say that mike it's it's like it's fucking ridiculous that we're the 13th of june now and there's still guys playing international games that let's all face it nobody gives a clean fuck about you could toss international football in the bin for all i care i don't care about it whatsoever there's a fucking world cup halfway through this season that's messing it up but what do we do no we'll run our fucking players into the emile smith row that's the one that's the one that makes the least amount of sense at all fucking dude is running on empty the entire season and they're still putting them out even though they've already qualified dead rubber fucking ridiculous you know and so when you're talking about like there's no international tournaments. There is. That seems to me what's holding deals up with players like Gabriel Jesus or Yuri Tielemans or whoever, which I'm sure we'll touch on maybe a bit later. But there still is pointless fucking stupid fixtures holding up bar, you know, dealings within the Premier League. And what I don't like now is that all this information that's coming out with some of these targets, all these stories are running on so long now during this stupid international break that other teams are starting to maybe start to look towards some of our targets and, and it's slowing us down. So... Yeah, they're reading off of our paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're cheating off of us, which is not nice. Uh, the Wire only made it five seasons. We've made it seven. Uh, Sopranos, for God's sake, six seasons. I just wanted to throw that in there. These shows clearly don't have the staying power that the Gunners podcast has. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the number of things we did wrong that we could have done better, the action in January, bringing players in earlier, um, you know, not playing players like Thomas Partey right when he just got back from AFCON. I mean, all these different things, uh, not selling Granite Xhaka, all these different things that we did wrong could have certainly led. Any one of those things could have led to us finishing two points behind where we could have, or just shitting the bet against Newcastle by itself could have. So, I mean, it's just, it's a disappointment 
we exceeded all expectations this year, in my opinion. And, and I'm not just saying we exceeded my expectation. We exceeded the expectations that virtually everybody had for our club. Now, when you pick us to finish ninth, that doesn't mean that you're happy with us finishing ninth. So finishing fifth might not have you jumping up and down for joy. But again, all you can ask to do is exceed what you thought was was possible with what you have. And, um, you know, it is possible, yes. in my opinion, and I'll leave it here, to to be to feel good about the season as a whole while feeling extraordinarily bad about bits of it, specifically the final bit of it where we capitulated. And, and Mike, I just want to say, I don't buy into the whole, you need champions league football to, uh, well, no, to you don't need it, but it no, no, but the, hold on, let me finish. So if you're a young player, that's quality and you're looking at what Arsenal's doing now under Arteta, there's gotta be a little bit of intrigue and excitement because we are getting better as a club. And so when you're looking at like, hey, he's taking these young players and he's given them time. All of his new signings essentially walked into the 11. So you're thinking like, hey, he's done that before. So I just look at if you're an outside player and you're looking at Arsenal, there are some exciting things to be kind of, hey, like look what they're doing and in the, in the future they're going, uh, especially, especially if you're a striker, like you're looking at it and you're going. But if you're a 27, 28-year-old and, and you know, or even 26 and, and you – you know, and you're looking at this and saying, you know, I, I might be one of the three or four kind of experienced guys that's brought in here to take this young team to the next level. Then you are looking at Champions League. So, I mean, I, I agree with you that no, the type you are, of and you, you are, and you aren't. I, I think <laughs> most, and, and we all know this. The first thing the players look at is the off the wages that they're offered before they sign anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like it gives on and know, off the table. It, 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 like it, any human in the world, if I say to you, "Hey, here's two hundred thousand to play for Arsenal in the Europa League," or you can go play for Tottenham for a hundred thousand, essentially the same area of the country, you're seeing a hundred thousand pounds more a week, and you're like, "That's where I'm going." And then we get ourselves right in the situation that no, we're no, no, don't think about ourselves. that. I'm just talking about like from just a pure like if you're a player, you're seeing one number. It's not competition; it's one number. Now that's a lot different if you're like going to a Real Madrid. And you're making fifty thousand. You just want to try and win a fucking trophy like that, like Harry Kane, for example, just wants to win something. Then it's an easier move. Do we know that he really wants to win anything. But even <laughs> if you if you look at that, even for next season, you know, you look at Spurs with Antonio Conte. We all know <clears throat> how he can throw his toys out of the pram when he when he wants to. Um, and the the one thing I would say is, if I was to be a Mike Hernandez and put a super duper positive Mexican spin on this bitch, is that um, is that called a sombrero? Sombreroing it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mexican spin sounds like 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 a shot glass, like something you put in a shot glass. <laughs> but uh, what it was a drinking that, game. <laughs> so this is Spurs with Antonio Conte, who I can't see being there for the long term with two world-class players in Hyung Min Son and Harry Kane, with dynamite signings in January in Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky. You know, next year, with them focusing fully on Champions League football, if you look at the profile of signings, they're looking at targeting as well, um, sort of older players too. Uh, and then you look at our squad, which, let's face it, we were one point off them with a bunch of fetuses playing for us. And the thing about Europa League football that you won't get from Champions League football, Champions League group stages, you're not seeing Sambi Lakonga, you're not seeing Nuno Tavares, you're not seeing Eddie and Ketty, you're not seeing any of these guys. So it lets our, our, our strongest starting 11 focus on the league for the early stages of that competition, I would imagine. And then it also gives some of those more youthful players that need minutes in, in their legs to, to grow 
you know so like what i'm trying to say is that our spurs with antonio conte almost at their ceiling whereas we are very much in our infancy and even then the gap is, is tiny you would think. Um, well, and, and he's also signing a lot of the players that he's managed in the past, right? And so, and like you said, they're up there in age. So, eh, we could go down this rabbit hole for a while. Mike, what's next on the agenda? Um, Downton Abbey, five seasons. Goonies they had like, seven seasons. But they, had, but they had a couple movies. So, where are you counting the movies in there? Oh, well, you know, we did that interview with Wayne Shaw. Um and, okay, uh, so and the, yeah, and the Kronk and the Kronky interview. So I mean, we've had specials, we've had so those we've had are direct DVD. to we've had direct to DVD releases ourselves. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So Downton Abbey, better than that. Lost six seasons, very confusing. Our show, not confusing at all. Uh, <laughs> if anything, well, we make, a little. We make you dumber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and and uh, you know, Mister Robot, four seasons. I know that's you know that's your favorite. So uh, you know, those are my those are some of my thoughts. I know maybe like three of the shows that you've mentioned and I've never seen any of the other ones. Sorry, Sabago Gigante. Um, yes. Oh, we dude, that's been running forever. 91 seasons. We're not we're not quite yeah. there yet. <laughs> no, no. Me and, and my El pet Sesame donkey. Street. El Sesame uh what what's the word for street? Um Calle. Streetero. Calle. Calle. Right, I just um, googled I legit googled Mexican TV shows and the first one that popped up was Who Killed Sarah? So what? <laughs> that doesn't sound very much. Well, no, it doesn't. It, well, think about it. All right. So, um, speaking of transfers, are Adu and Arteta and Kroenke going to jail because the windows only open for three days, and all we signed was the guy who apparently we signed by accident because we thought he was a defender for PSG, um, but it turns out he's a 13-year-old Brazilian hairstylist with the same name. Um, so I this does uh... smack of Martinelli. I don't see anybody saying like like if you if you make the same mistake as you did three years ago and come out and criticize the club for signing this unknown unheralded 19 year old brazilian player then then i i have nothing to say that that's going to be remotely positive about you however if you are as many people are saying this is all we've done and looks like all we're gonna do then i mean seriously i mean you're so gonna have my, to come uh... over to you and saying seriously and you don't want that my neighbor is Brazilian. His club is Sao Paulo. And I asked him about him like a few weeks ago when we were rumored. And he goes, dude, he's like, well, first he was like, Brazil's transitioning. Like the name, like he's like probably one of the like only who, who, who hates Neymar. He's like, he's a disgrace <laughs> to football. But he said the entire like, yeah, um, and again, this could be, this is one person's opinion. He's like, it, it seems like the, the, the kind of, gauntlet's been handed to martinelli when it comes to like hey the next brazilian rising star but in terms of marquinhos he was saying to me like he had a pretty injury ridden last couple seasons but oh, when good. he's yeah but when he's on the field he's like the, the the kid is electric i mean he's like he runs at defenders he's like he's very much like martinelli because i could see them playing on opposite wings where they have one fault and it's get to goal and try and make something happen and I asked him about the injury thing, and he said, you know what? He goes, you could tell the guy was injured, but they kept playing him, and they kept solving him on. And he's like, we'd be up 2-0. The guy's injured, and he would come on for 30 minutes. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're we'll not take care of that. Him. The first time that happens, we'll, he'll be out for eight months. So he'll be in the click with Tierney and Partey and, and – uh, Tomiyasu. You know, they'll, they'll be the uh, – yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, 
the ice bath crew, <laughs> ice bath posse. So, uh, whilst we're talking about like transfers and expectations, so to say, I just I know that in the past we've made bonehead mistake out of bonehead mistake, but at one point in time, do we start seeing some of the the positives that that the club are doing? Because oh, like, fuck you and your positives. No, no, no. Oh, here, here, well, keep hear going. me out. Well, hear me out. Look, you, I wish and, you were positive, I, but, a, but a different kind of positive. Yeah. You know? No, no, not that positive. Uh, listen. All I'm all I'm saying is, and, and I know people beat up Arsenal like oh, we, we're bad at selling. Look, we we are still dealing with a lot of I'm going to say average players, a lot of players that people know that we don't want, and a lot of a lot of high wages on those players. So selling is still going to be difficult this summer. I mean, look, Pepe, brilliant example of that, right? All I'm saying is, if we're looking at simply the recruitment that has happened in last summer, and and I know. People backtrack, I think it's two or three years, and, and they keep on bringing up William, William, William. Horrible fucking signing. Horrible signing. I, I don't think anybody could have just, like, anybody could have predicted how bad it would have been because his decline was off a of fucking hill. But I'm just simply saying we're, it's very obvious what we're kicking out of the club, literally paying to leave out of the club. It's very obvious. You're seeing players sign extensions like Holding, which contrary to popular belief in my opinion it's not the end of the world because he is english he is young he is a center back it there's there's a market for him is all i'm saying and and then you look tamiyasu is a starter ramsdale starter ben white starter gabriel that came in prior to that starter uh who was a udegaard starter like i don't can can an argument be be made that they're at the very least making less mistakes, or at least they're they're somewhat moving yeah, no, in I, on I, on the incomings? But I think that's why people are freaking out so much, Mike, is because we heard this plan, you know, a, a year or so ago, and Edu actually made good on that sort of promise, which was that we were going to invest in youth and take on some high quality youth players with really high potential, and then we we're going to sprinkle world-class talent on it and i think the problem is now is that as arsenal fans we've been so heavily hit with disappointment in the past that we've made such progress and people can see the progress like i don't know about you but the highlight for me of this entire entire season is that arsenal feels good again you know for the first time in years years i've never loved a team like a group of players at Arsenal as much as they do now. You want to see a love fest? Go yeah. to the. I mean, if you if you were at oh, a game this season, yeah, man, that that, 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 that Aston Villa game we were at my first day was, was one of the best ones. Yeah, and and things went orifices, but we'll not talk about that. Um, but what what I will say is that I think people are just panicking now because they know what potentials there now, and it would just be so Arsenal not to act on that and to start penny penny scrimping at the wrong moment in time. Whereas if you just go out and I know we're going to talk about potential incomings later on, but for example, three, three players, Gabriel, Jesus, Yuri Tielemans and Shinchenko, three players go out, break the bank, get them three in. And that's some improvement to our starting 11 in my, in my opinion, and our squad in general. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and we will, if, if you have any questions, dear users, uh, please, you can put them in now. Uh, and, and as, uh, as, Andy's just done. We can we can star those and come back to them later. So if you have anything that we want to answer later on, Arsenal related, transfer related, uh, it could be about why Andy's called the Ice King. Uh, it could be any of that stuff. Uh, you know, feel free to do that. Um, Friday Night Lights, five seasons. 
I mean, that was a great show. It's a good show, but not as good as the Gunners podcast. The Americans, great show, lots of sex, six seasons. The, not so. Yeah, that's they the ran out. They ran so out of bad. vaginas after six seasons, and they couldn't. Is that something them. that we maybe need to brainstorm over? Maybe adding to the Gunners pod more sex. No, well, not no, we, have, we, have enough, we have enough sex on this podcast. I, I trust. I me. mean, there's some images in our saved little bank on um, Dreamyard <laughs> that we could we could our put saved up. little bank. Let's move. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but so but the new brand of Arsenal fan. You're talking about like the reaction. The new brand of Arsenal fan, which I've seen just in the last three years. It used to be that. You, that they would direct their focus on one person or, or it would be on an issue, Arteta in, Arteta out, Cronky uh, in, Cronky out, Wenger in, Wenger out, whatever, you know, Ozil or non-Ozil. Now there's just this new brand of Arsenal fan that I'm seeing that just hates Arsenal. Like, they just hate everything that has to do with Arsenal. I mean, Lee judges your Russell, your hoggies of the world. No, you know? no, those, no, no. Yeah, no. Those and, two specifically is who you texted me earlier. To talk well, about. and 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 I and you, I know you're 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 giving. You your said you, I them, won't but, mention them, but you mentioned them. Yes, I know you're bantering them, but but Russell Hogg is a miserable miserable sod when it comes to talking Just about the hoggies online. But then but then you get you, you see him on a game day, and he's absolutely wonderfully into everything that has to do with Arsenal. Then you see people walking out of the Everton game, a 5-1 victory where, you know, we did everything that we could. We had already blown fourth place other than a, a lottery that could have potentially been hit if Norwich had beaten Tottenham. But, you know, you walk out of that game and there's some people steaming that we finished fourth. And I'm like, so they can't even enjoy that in the moment. You're, yes. in, a, you're in a WhatsApp group. You're on a you're on Twitter and you, you, you put every negative – connotated article on there. Saka might not re-sign a contract because he wants Champions League. You put that on the group and then say, oh my God, it's over, guys. It's over. And then like when something good happens, then there's nothing there's there's silence. There's radio silence. I, I don't understand how you could love something that you want to seem to hate so much. Like I, I just I don't get it. Although you it's know, 2022 Mike everybody's miserable cons. Well yeah I mean that you know, I, I found that out firsthand, but I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. So that, that was my little rant about that. Um, speaking of miserable cunts, Matteo Guendouzi ever going to shut up? Oh, burn that little cunt at the stake. I mean, I oh, mean. Bring him to the carpet, please. Making, I want Guendouzi back. He's making Emmy Martinez look like, like, like a sweetheart at this point with this talking and talking and talking. We lost the guy. We, we, we made a dumb contract agreement to give them the opportunity to buy him for 9 million euro on top of a 2 million. I mean, we, we sold him. We bought him for six point something. We sold him for 11, but we sold a guy who is turning into a, a you know, for better or for worse, attitudinally turning into a guy who's going to probably start regularly for France. Um, He's playing at Marseille. Marseille is not pulling up trees. They, you know, I don't know how often they finish second in the league, but it's probably more likely that they finish fourth or fifth in the league. Uh, so it's not like that's a team that's known for for you know just absolutely killing it every year. But he's fit, he fits in there because they got a lot of guys who had attitude problems. Payet, him, they got they, they've always been kind of, uh, uh, at one point uh, Joey Barton. I mean, they've always been a home to the to the assholes. 
Uh, so I, I think it's only right that he thrived there, and it doesn't mean that he would have thrived here or anywhere else in the Premier League, but that's a different argument. We, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Stop being an asshole. And and with all the stands of, of, of Guendouzi, using him as a stick to, to bat Arsenal with, how about you stop that too? Like, am I am – I... No. Here's, here's the thing, Mike. To, to your point, we everybody knew the agreement since last summer. And a lot of people seem to think that we made the decision to sell him for nine million euro after the season, which is just yeah. Not, that not, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's ill or just or just or just being negative for the sake of being negative. But like we all knew this was happening, so I'm seeing all this reaction to fuck fuck's sake, I can't believe that. Oh my god, it can't be that. I'm like, what are you guys fucking talking about? We always we already knew he was gone. We already knew Mavropanos was gone. They were never going to come back to the club. So acting shocked. And being upset about it again is it's just for attention. That that's the only explanation I have because and and, on, and I will say this because I know we're talking about the negative and positive things and, and I know that I sometimes I, I do like the overkill thing. But guys, if you rate Gwendo, you could you could equally say he was a prick if you rate Gwendo Gwendo if you rate him or don't let's just oh, rate. If you don't okay. yeah, rate. If you don't rate him. Let's just say you don't rate him. That's fine. But don't – I see people taking the stance that because they want to defend the club at all costs, they're calling Guendouzi a piece of shit footballer. Like, good ridden, he sucks, wouldn't get he's on our team. He's he's a good footballer. That's the, he, You don't start for France. You're not around the France setup for no fucking reason. He's a good footballer, and he's a prick. Both things could be true. He, it just did not work out at our club. This idea that – Fucking good riddance. He's a piece of shit. He's never going to succeed. That's that's a lie, dude. And, and as much as I like to, you know, be positive and defend Arsenal, defend Arteta, et cetera, et cetera, things sometimes don't work out. And you don't have to be that blind either. Sometimes you, it's okay to be critical. But this ideology of black and white that exists, I'm going to say mostly online because every time I'm in, in a chat room with many other gooners, it's never this black and white. It's it's very rare. And like you said, Mike, those are gone are the days, right? Arsene Winger in out. I'll, I'll invite you to a couple that, that that Andy and I are you'll see differently. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... But I, I'm just saying there's there's balance and you don't have to live life in the extreme. So the ideology of good riddance, he's a crap footballer, you don't have to take that stance. You could you could be like me. I'm legitimately upset that he's a prick. Because I do actually think he would have been useful for us last season. Yeah, but you know, but, but, but there's no use in crying over it. Just just get a better player now to come in and 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 play that position. So, um, well, and the other thing too is we all know that Guendouzi has like class A, grade A fuckery in him, right? <laughs> but he also knows the Arsenal fan base, and we fucking fight on every fucking comment and article. I mean. The amount of times I see like Kenny Ken on Instagram, like sharing a Daily Mail article and thinking it's fucking gospel. It's like, when are we going to get over these clickbait merchants, you know? And so like when Doozy right now, not saying he would ever listen to this sack of shit show, but like think about like just we're talking about it. And it's like clearly William Saliba is a great fucking footballer and he wants him to stay and they're buddies. And so he made an off the cusp comment. I don't think Saliba will be at Arsenal next season or prior. I, I think that the, that there's going to be just some drama there and it's going to be easier to move the guy on. And like Gwen 
dude's going to be a cancer. He's going to be an Aubameyang. He'll do well at a club for two or three seasons, and then he'll do something or say something, and it'll be it'll be off. Like, we all loved him at that Brighton match, right, for talking shit and getting into the face, and then he fucks it up. And it's just like the guy just doesn't know. He's going to be one of those footballers where he – you know, you wish you had someone like – you could put his talent into a frimpong, right? Someone who fucking loved the club. Yeah. Oh, that that club, would have been just... Gwendusi's talent with Frimpong's attitude would have been outstanding. Yeah, like he would have been a fucking Arsenal legend, right? He would have been uh like uh Mike Frimpong was know, this he... guy that played for us about 10, 15 years ago. Um, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's just like we're we're just like this drama and again, I, I just I don't get it, but you know, you look at this squad and 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 I and you look at like we kind of talked about it. Like, there's a vibe now, right? Like the 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 fan base at Arsenal is getting younger, right? And that, there's no reason for that to be other than like we have these young English kids who are from the same neighborhood saying like, "Hey, come and support us." And like, I think it's a it's a really good vibe. Like, it's been disappointing for me. I haven't been able to get home for the last couple of years, but there's exciting things happening and. Like him or love him, I think Arteta's the right steward to kind of put us in the in the right direction. But we oh. can't bite on all these little fucking news stories when fucking sideshow Bob cunts decide that they're going to make an off the cusp comment. And I, I, I think reporters, you'd have to say you'd have to say as well. If anything, you know the reports that were it was never about his talent or his football ability that Mikel Arteta drew issue with. It was always the fact that he was a, you know. A problem child essentially that he was just an immature little bitch that liked to stir up shit and you know you and, have and, to when, and when Arteta when Arteta mentions that Aubameyang has disciplinary issues then he's thrown him under the bus yeah maybe, exactly maybe yeah, Arteta maybe. didn't throw Guendouzi under the bus yeah but there was good maybe Arteta maybe Arteta is looking at this squad and going okay so we have Guendouzi who has a loud mouth he's probably a good teammate he does these things in the media. He says these things. He does them on the pitch. And then I got Smith Rowe, Sokka, who might look at that and go, well, I could do that. And he goes, well, no, hold on a second. No. But this is a disciple of Ozil. That, that, right. still, I'm trying, exactly. I'm, I'm changing the culture. So, And then you have the fan base who go, Arteta's fucking spineless. He doesn't do that. And then he does the shit to Guendouzi. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. It's like, no, you can't ask a manager to have brass balls and, and cut Guendouzi, cut Aubameyang, and then a week later be like, he shouldn't have fucking done that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not how it works. Like, but, Arteta but, has but he should be around. someone that can manage talent and and get the best out of Guendouzi and Aubameyang and right. Ozil. And, 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 and why seasons. can't he do that when when uh, when what's his name over at Real Madrid? Uh, Carlo mean. Ancelotti can get the best out of his players. Well, his players but, aren't Guendouzi and a 32-year-old. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and, and some personalities just aren't compatible either. That's another thing that you need to take into account. Just because Unai Emery could manage, say, Guendouzi's temperament or whatever, that might not be the same per se for, for Matteo Guendouzi. But um, my sort of final thoughts on it is that uh, there's an in-between, I think. You, you can be loyal to your club and you can be, like Mike said, he's just an idiot just let him go it's fine he's a decent footballer but he just didn't suit us but in saying that there i'm a big enough tramp <laughs> that, that i can admit that if we ever meet marseille and mateo can do his plan you better hope that i pray that ben white kicks his fucking chest through his back because shit like this does come back in you and you know look at alexander lacazette leaving the club the manner in which he left 
yes, he mightn't have been the best, most impactful player and probably was a slight letdown um, from the player that we thought we were going to sign. But the manner in which you conduct yourself with the Arsenal fan base will stand in good stead for the future. Like I think we can all agree that we all wish Lacazette well. Um, we all will probably remember him fondly for the way he conducted himself, if, if anything else, you know. There's a reason we there's a reason we love Ramsdale and so many people do not love Xhaka. Uh and and it has to do with the relationship with the fans and you know proper real ones will will say none of that matters it matters what happens on the pitch and 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 the and the way that we play but uh it does matter. You you want to like the players, you want to because when you like the players you're more likely to 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 have better perspective when something doesn't go right with the player than when you don't like the player and then something goes wrong a red card or you know or a comment in the media or something like that so you want to like the players and have them be good uh speaking of liking things arrested development five seasons that's it one of the greatest shows ever it it is but it took them like 12 years to have five seasons uh we're doing six seven seasons in seven years my friend battle galactica five seasons my last thought on this is this, right? <clears throat> We've been doing this show for seven seasons. And if we want to talk about managing talent, look at that fucking intro he gave us today. I mean, for seven seasons, I've been trying to manage this fucking guy. And here he is with that bullshit that we saw right in the beginning. That, that, that's a perfect entree, entree because we have, we have about 20 people who have come in here since we played that. Um, we're doing an intro contest where the five of us including the four of us and jared are all going to make their own intro or decide not to it's it's not a contest mike nobody's going to make one that is it for the rest of the season well i think i'm going to make one but it's going to be it's going to be like uh tennis grunts or porn moans and you guys have to guess which (laughs) one howard stern's game we're we're, good we are more monkeys we're going to go with this one unless someone comes up with a better one. So for those of you that didn't see it, here we go. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, I saw five I young I men from various it. backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Welcome to the Gooners Do you know what he's done? He's already 
come back in his camera roll like the last 15 photos because there's nothing beyond that like yeah I, it's, it's it's all okay. owen and me you're absolutely right on <laughs> yeah, the second so half was just like, alternating owen and me baby photo like a week before he told anyone like hey i just had a baby and like that's as far as you've gone back and, like, <laughs> <laughs> no i went back to uh to me falling out of the chair although those are our in an album called pictures i look at every day uh, <laughs> oh daniel you you've, you've missed a lot um yeah maybe we'll use that as an outro for this for this episode because ryan can't get enough of it so um the, the last thing i'm gonna say about transfers at least our transfer policy and in is that like the it does seem like we do i mean what liverpool's just done with Darwin Nunez is the way that I'd like it to be. I mean, you, you express interest, you get it done within a week. And we're always kind of like, like, like they're the team. They're like in golf. John Daly walks up to the tee. He just strolls up, grabs the thing, hits it 350 yards right down the middle. And grabs just, the thing. Do you mean the, uh, the, the, the golf club, the golf club? I mean, then, you know, it's a thing. And, and he grabs then, the thing and then he hits it. And then it goes into the air and lands a long way from there. Uh, and then Arsenal, like the little nebbishy, nervous guy that like walks up and starts like does this like for half an hour before they take a swing, and then and then they just shank it off to the left. I mean, I just I do wish that it, it just the sagas weren't three months long. And I don't know what would have to change for that to uh, to, to take place, but we make straightforward dealings really, really difficult. Like you look at, yeah. like Gabriel Jesus loves Edu by all accounts. Loved Mikel Arteta wants to leave and become the main striker at a club. We've got an opening for that. There, the fee seems pretty straightforward. Yuri Tielemans wants to come to Arsenal. He wanted to go to Arsenal in the past and didn't think he was ready. So why aren't these Lo- deals done? Load of minimal. This is exactly my point. This is we are nowhere near aggressive enough in the market, and I think that is why people are getting bothered. I'm not at that point yet, personally, but. You know, come the end of this month, if there hasn't been substantial movement on either of those, because I think we can all agree that it's pretty clear to see that they're the two main targets that Arsenal are pushing for at the minute. Um, you know, it's this thing. It's like us with this podcast. You know, we we had to plan a meeting to plan a time to talk about planning a podcast for all of us. That's the way it's like. It's like we're I'm sick of we're, we're doing podcasts almost every night now through the summer. It am every single morning. We're going to be doing a transfer show. We're going yeah, to we're gonna, we're doing the 8 a.m. <laughs> show. We're doing the 12 p.m. Indigenous. Uh, we're getting married on 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 the show at 5 p.m. every night, and then the 10 p.m. show. And then live uh, on our Patreon, Mike Hernandez is going to conceive his 78th child. Conceive for all, yeah, conceive. Yes, and then and then that'll be just in time for the March for the the Mike and Andy birthday special, where where the birth the actual birth and and the perineal tearing takes place. <laughs> I'm trying to find that outro mic from our like original days. The oh Jesus, yeah. Because uh, I thought you just the show to end is what I thought with how Mikey was going. I've just received yeah. word that tomorrow night, if uh, if nothing breaks down between now and then, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. we will be talking to the one and only Gabriel Marcotti. Um, I have a lot of questions for him about Chelsea going forward because he is a Chelsea supporter and. A man who's in the know. Um, I have to update him on my recent reunion with one of our classmates um, from high school, and uh, and so he'll be joining us. Is that Steve-O uh, from uh, Jackass? No, it was a guy, it was one of Steve-O's friends, though. 
Um, so here's what I wonder about the the transfer dealings, right? So like, since we've you know gone from Wenger to Arteta, the transfer dealings have been managed by like three different people, yet we're in the same fucking cycle of the longevity. And and again, maybe as Owen said, it is the international break, and they want to get these players in, and you know, but. Other clubs will do an agreement with like like Holland, right? Like before anything was done, it was kind of agree. Like everyone knew, like, hey, he just has to sign the papers. Liverpool do the same. Like, why don't we do that? Like, if the Gabriel Jesus thing is for real, and it's probably not, it looks like Madrid will probably snap him. But like, why why are we not? Like, it just seems like it's constant. We're just the worst fucking club at the, these announcements. Well, and let me ask this: like Darwin Nunez. I mean, look, he's going to Liverpool. He's going to a team that's been in three out of the last five Champions League finals um, and is, you know, one of the best, if not the best coaches in the world. So, I mean, I, I agree it's a it's a great destination. But when it came to the club and the agreement, look, assuming it is, in fact, done, the gerbil has not said whether it's done yet or not, but he's not really like that. He doesn't talk about player transfers. But, like, why isn't <laughs> – why isn't um, Porto or Benfica, whoever the hell he plays for, pushing back and saying, no, it's not 60 plus 20 in add-ons. It's 80 plus 20 in add-ons and leading to a whole month or two of negotiating. Why Why is that just sticking right from the start? Whereas if we were to come to, to – I know we don't want to pay 45 or 50 for Jesus, but if we were just to come to Manchester City and say, we'll give you 46, it could rise to 50 with add-ons, it – will allow you to give Holland the number nine right now, which ultimately isn't the most important thing from a rushing standpoint. But, like, just get Chelsea out of the discussion, get everyone else out of the discussion, get Gabby Jesus in camp, and and get it done. I See, mean, what... I, I, think what, I think what happens here, Mike, <clears throat> and this is Offering too opinion. early almost almost gives them the, 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 uh, yeah, know, the ability to reject it and ask for more, except for when it's Liverpool asking Porto for it. This is just speculative, obviously. Um, from and this is just looking at a number of transfers uh, that we've done over the past few years. I think our main problem is that we try to butter the player up way too much too early, before actually making an approach for the club. So as you've mentioned there, um, let's say somebody like Dusan Vlavic, for example, who I know he came out and said that he never heard anything, but that's absolute fucking nonsense. He'd never heard of before. Arsenal before. Yeah, look, I think what we do is. For example, Yuri Tielemans is another one here. Since November, we have apparently been talking to Tielemans and his and his representatives. That puts it out, as we mentioned. People get a hold of that story, gets it put out, interest props up from other clubs, and they start moving a bit faster. Whereas <clears throat> you need to get the deal done with the club just as quick as you need to get the deal done with the player. You know, And players will... I don't get this thing of players aren't decisive. Players are decisive. Uh, you know, when you look at somebody like Yuri Tielemans, Champions League clubs, who's who else is coming in from? Nobody really yet. Slap an offer on the table, be aggressive. If you have to pay a couple of million over the odds just to get the deal done before anybody can enter the race, then do that. You know, if I think that's what Liverpool do really, really well is that they, when they make an approach, they're aggressive and they're quick and they set deadlines. Um, so, say for example, whereas we sort of almost put the player into a position where they think they're in control when they're in a lot of power there. Liverpool presented as 
we're giving you an opportunity to play for our great club. This is how much time you have to decide, make your choice or leave it. Well, and I'm damn jealous of them for being in that position, but they've earned it. They've done, they've done every single thing you could do over the last six years. Correct. Other than paying over the odds for Chamberlain and, uh, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> done everything else. Right. And, um, and, and so, yeah, they're in that position, and I understand that. We have to get into that position where players start pushing for a move to Arsenal or at least agreeing to it when we when we pick them out of the crowd and say we want you to come to us a lot faster. So um, let's get to some user questions because I know at least one of you, um, Owen, I believe you are whining about needing to leave because um, it's like 11 or something where you are. Um <laughs> So I'm gonna go back, uh, Andy. You want to go back to the ones that you've been, you've been. Uh, I, haven't been anything. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, maybe Mikey did that. I mean, I can see him start, but I. All right, let's go around. Uh, let's let's start with okay, our here's one. Um, Eric Carver. Why is Andy the sexiest guy on this podcast? Great question. How, how can you tell how sexy you are? All we're seeing is your cheeks and your forehead at this point. I got a new computer. I don't know. Jesus, man. Uh, uh, computers, you can still like determine the distance you're supposed to sit from the camera. All right. From our own Jared Carver, who is the one player you would like to see the team sign realistic? Didn't we ask Lee Dixon this one time? Oh, shot, like, the Lockett, it's and and didn't we absolutely tear you a new one for, for asking the question that way? Look, I... I've, re I've rejected his Facebook friend requests and everything. <laughs> he... You've started calling a buoy our best right back ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this, guys, because Owen has to leave soon. Um, and I'm respectful of his time and his family. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Shut of the his, fuck up, Mike. Uh, of his wine <laughs> What's the equivalent Jewish phrase that's Jesus Christ, Mike? Like <laughs> what? Uh, I would say either Jesus or how do you say the leads uh, winger, Rafinha? Yeah. We like I think they're both. I, I've always liked him. I think he's a great player. I think on a good, on a good team, he elevates and would become even better. I like the fact that they are both Premier League ready. You know, you can talk as much about Holland coming in and uh, Roque Santa Cruz, whatever the fuck Liverpool just signed. Um, as great. Holy as shit, are, dude! That was Santa one of Manchester Cruz. City's like. That was like along with Rubinho. That was when they like hit the big time. Right. And, that, and then they signed. Berbatov is incoming. But like, but, but all I'm gonna say is like, look at. Look at those two strikers, right? They are great where they've played. The Premier League is a different fucking beast. And we've all seen Lukaku experiment 7.0. He's had more seasons in the Premier League than we have had podcasts. <laughs> I mean, he cannot hit the ground running. And it is impossible for some strikers to, to flourish in this league. And I'm not saying they're both going to fail. Don't ask me in like seven months. No, no, he can't. Like the guy's But he's not going to be like he was in Germany, though. Exactly. So all I'm like, I look at those two players and I'm like, hey, they both have torn the Premier League apart. They've both played very well against top teams. Um, and those would be my two realistic, like, hey, if we got one, if not both of those, I'd be like, oh, I think that would be fa fa fantastic. Owen. Sorry, the, the edible just kicked in all. <laughs> nice. Today, Georgia. <laughs> yes, Mike. Um, who's the one <laughs> Answer the like fucking the question, you idiot. 
Oh, this. Um... <laughs> the edible kicked in over there, too. I love, I love how dude's like, hey, guys, I got to leave in 15. What's the question? <laughs> I thought he was going to give me a new question. but I'm be more efficient, please? No, I, I, wanted, I, I wanted to go around quickly with this. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say Jesus and Telemans, which I, I would really like them, but the one that I don't see is uh, the more likely to be done, but the one which I would love to be done is... Uh, Sinchenko from City. I think that in terms of covering for left back and, and covering in, in midfield and I think if you watch the international games that he had with Ukraine as well, Jesus when he when when he's put into the spotlight a bit more and isn't just sort of uh, on the on the extremities of of a side that he can be really, really influential and and I think he's somebody that could it might sound stupid because he's playing at such a good side, but he could he could really progress coming to a club like Arsenal where there is that bit more spotlight put on him. So for me, if we could get a deal done for him, that would be absolutely amazing. Thank you. You're going to say Skamaka, aren't you? You're going to say Giroud. <laughs> no, because then he would have to leave AC Milan. He doesn't No, he has to unmute himself before he says fucking anything, Mike. He's speaking in Spanish right now. He doesn't even we know. Have a, we have a filter. He's just cranking out his answer in Mexican. He just doesn't do <laughs> oh, it. Oh, and weren't you supposed to leave already? Fuck. In Mexico. Um, <laughs> Milan. Uh, Are we the racist podcast on the, yeah. on the air? <laughs> Me. Oh, we're not. We're still on the air? Fuck. Seventh uh, and final season. Uh, Red. <laughs> Ramsey. Mike, if we haven't like, been canceled in the first six, we ain't been canceled at all. If the, Her, the what Sunday, were you saying? Hurry up, the, dude. Owen needs to leave. The Sunday, the Sunday Rose hasn't got canceled. We're not getting canceled. Uh, Ramsey. Sure. Ramsey from Aston Villa. We already I, I have like Ram- oh, yeah. Aaron Ramsey. Different, different Ramsey. One that doesn't get injured as much. As I was mm-hmm. yeah, here's a question from Bogunner and Gunnar specifically for you, Andy. Could Andy be any closer to his webcam? Quick yes or no. Oh, yeah, it could be. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> then we have a dental exam. Um, my player would, I, I would, my dream would be Abraham or Nkunku. Uh, I don't know how realistic either one of those are. So, as far as realistic is concerned, I would, uh, I would choose Aaron Hickey because <laughs> I think that's about what we have. Um, I like Mark, that. Proud, proud of all you guys that didn't say Martinez, by the way. Right on. Yes. Mark, uh, what are this your... is the faith our users have in us. Is, hey, we're not going to see you for another eight months. <laughs> we're, we're doing another show tomorrow, uh, but we're going to be doing a 24-hour podcast before the season for Gooners versus Cancer. So, um, Dude already got our... his leg, didn't he? What? <laughs> I think he might have had seven out of them. <laughs> Look how red his face just got. Look at this. <laughs> Jesus. We will be doing, as I was saying, we will be doing a 24-hour podcast before the season for versus Cancer. Um, and uh, we will do the Premier League finishing predictions in that hey, show. Can I tell so you guys something? I don't even want, I, I, don't, I just want to talk over you right now just in case. <laughs> I, I sent those jerseys to Lance Armstrong like a month and a half ago, and I still haven't gotten them back. What you know, I'm going to email him. Well, he, he cheats, so maybe he just stay, he just kept them. Yeah, maybe he um, maybe he injected them into his body. 
Um, yeah, so we'll be we'll be we'll be doing that uh, on the next show. Um, Christian, uh, what do you make of the fact that we're being linked to strikers with completely different profiles? Vlaovic in January, Jesus and Skamaka this summer. Um, I don't know that much about Italy, other than I lost my passport there one time watching Vlaovic play. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. At some point, you I mean, you got to understand that Arteta clearly doesn't want to play with a tall target man, even though we spent half of last season crossing in high balls to the center. Um so, I mean, it, the Gabi Jesus just seems like the ready-made player for him, does he not? I mean, I don't know much about but, this. But who's, but, watch him play England, and he didn't impress too much. But but here we use the term fact, but yet we're guessing that we're linked with these strikers. No one from Arsenal came out being like, oh, it was a real bitch. We didn't sign that dude who went to Juve. No one – no who's, one who's, job, who's supposed to do that? Like, um, but, but that's what I'm just saying. Like the the again the clickbait media create all of these stories for our fucking fan base, and then they're like, "Well, Arteta and Adu didn't get it over the line." It's like, "Well, we even in for dude?" Because if you look at like all the deals that we've done so far, one have we even gotten the peak that 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 was the player we were getting? So like, you know. We could be linked with ten strikers. We could sign the eleventh that wasn't on that list, and the fucking fan base go crazy. Like it don't matter who the media say we're linked to until they actually come out. And we get a striker. It don't mean shit. Jesus makes the most sense because you start talking differently. Like it don't matter. <laughs> it ain't shit. Look, listen, Mike. You're the worst culprit in this because you love this fucking drama. But just because. We haven't signed one of these players. Doesn't mean we're linked to them. That that's bullshit. I think that when when you look at the players that we are being linked to, there's a variation of different types of ones. Say, for example, like a Gabriel Jesus is a, a he's like a multifaceted player that that can play in, in all different positions across the line. So, say for example, up front and right wing. So that covers them two positions. Uh, and then you look at a player like Skamaka and then the link with other players like Rafinha, say, for example. I think that we're, what Mikel Arteta is looking for is variety in the players that he's being linked with uh, or that he's potentially going to bring in. So, say, for example, Rafinha can't really play up front as a striker and I don't think that Arteta is willing to put all his eggs in the one basket of Eddie and Kedia. And then another thing that sort of that almost strays away from Arsenal in a sense is that and you can let me know what you lads think of this. With with, the, signing, with the with the signings of um, Haaland to City and Nunez to to Liverpool, do you think that uh, do you think that we're maybe moving away from these sort of intricate front threes that we've seen with Liverpool and City? And do you think that potentially the reason that they're doing that is because when you look at, I think, some of them games that they struggled in, especially games in the Champions League, especially, where they come up against a team not of equal ability, but in close proximity to, and they sit back deep like Real Madrid did against Liverpool in that final. They don't have that target, man. You know, there is no real plan B when you have that small diminutive forward. If somebody's sitting in, you can't get goals. And I know that this has been the fashion trend of the past few years where almost, you know, there's that joke that Pep Guardiola doesn't want to play with a striker at all. 
do you think that maybe in these games that they've lost City, Liverpool, these big important games that they're looking and they're thinking, Jesus, do you want to know what? If we had somebody that you could just put the ball into and he could do something physically on his own, they're the difference makers in games like that. I mean, I, I, you you certainly need one as a plan too. I don't think you should like fail to have one on in your in your entire team as as we at times this season failed to have that in our team. G- given that Aubameyang just wasn't that, and mm-hmm. Lacazette kind of never was. Um, but you know that and it's surprising to me that they're going the eighty like the the world class number nine route. Like, I but that's what that's I'm trying to say. It, it, target it, man. Uh, do you Holland think that we're going to do a lot more than just head head crosses into a goal? Let's not mistake that. He can do a lot on the building. Oh, yeah. he's, he's a foreign player that I've watched a lot, and he's I mean he's the total complete package, second only to Kylian Mbappe in my opinion. Well, he's a once in a he's a once in a generation talent, right? I mean, how often do you? He's like he's up there with like his Vatan, Thierry Henry, where even at this young age, he's just showing just signs of. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure that he is the complete package just yet. In fact, I think that if there's going to be something that Pep Guardiola can work on with him, it's the deficiencies in his game lie with the sort of intricate technical part of the game. You know, those small. Um, quick pattern, patterns of passing on the edge of the box. That's where he, he's very much a get the ball Which to the field, drive on. past defenders. He could have worked yeah, on his relationship with Odegaard. Yeah, uh, but well, I'm really intrigued to see how he does develop. But what I'm trying to get back to is that, that are we potentially starting to see the, the revamp of the more um, traditional number nine coming back into the game? I think so, because we, like, hey guys, I fixed my camera. It was in the settings uh situation um i I, like remember like five years ago everything was tiki taka now it's playing out of the back then it was like the four five one like i do think it ebbs and flows and as you've seen with liverpool and like you mentioned city they just play a different way and that works in the premier league but when they go up against european opposition they kind of falter right um it'll be interesting to see like i would just said yeah I'm saying I'm looking at like uh, Gabriel Jesus, and I think the reason why he fits Arsenal so well is because when he plays for City, he is kind of that striker like Lacazette who is kind of all over the place, right? Can drop deep, can connect plays, but then he finds himself in the box where Lacazette oftentimes wasn't in the right position. So that's why like I think he fits in. And I, and I truly believe like if we had a great striker in January, we would have probably – have nudged Chelsea out of third because there were games that we chased where it was like, fuck, if we had somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. But I do like someone put in the comments, like, we're so bad at transfers, we haven't even fucking signed Enkedia yet. You know? Like, that was supposed to have happened three weeks ago, and that maybe still hasn't happened. Maybe he isn't going to make it at Arsenal, despite what Tom Canton said. So, fellas, we're going to leave it there, I think, for tonight. Uh, we don't want you know anyone to miss time with their families tonight um any hey, quick question for you guys yes or no real real fast real fast does reese nelson no. come back to play for arsenal no no yes yes in europa league positive content <laughs> <laughs> all right so that that's it for us tonight we uh we, we've we've exposed who everybody is andy's face is about to turn in uh, into a shade of red that no one's ever seen before so we're gonna we're gonna let it go, uh, Andy. Will you be back at any time in the next few weeks for for a podcast? Uh, what time are you potting tomorrow? Ten p.m. Love to have you there. 
Um, I think that, or... I have to, we have to translate that for him. That that would be three p.m. your time. I could do. I could do that. I could do tomorrow. All right. Well, then we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Owen, Mike, enjoy your your hundred combined children. And uh, and for those of you who I have, I have ninety seven, he has three. Because it has been requested so many times, uh, it's number one on the hit list. We're going to use don't the intro it. as an outro. No, don't so, do that. Come on, you gooners. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more, a handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment, and a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan. Magic. And Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season... Seven! 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 Welcome to...